Hello world, welcome back to Real Ramblin'. My name is Chris Jovanovic, and I am coming to you from my bedroom closet. Yeah, some unforeseen tech issues uh, were happening at the time of this recording. All kinds of crazy stuff this week. It's been a week for me, how about you all? Um, yeah, the studio, the space that I normally use to record, and the equipment just uh, it wasn't working out, and so I had to come up with a quick plan B, pull a quick audible. And so I am uh, broadcasting from my uh, wardrobe, which is actually in the bathroom. My closet is in my bathroom. So there's some private information that you didn't need, but I'm giving it to you anyway. It's all part of the part of the behind-the-scenes process. Um, hopefully, I'll get the bugs worked out in the normal space as soon as possible. But um, yeah, there you have it. That's real life, right? I'm okay with it. I hope you are too. So if you hear uh, my kids uh, singing or yelling or arguing in the background or washer dryer which is currently running it's all just part of the ambiance well i want to welcome you back and on this episode a look at some of the most iconic rivalries in both the sports world and in film ford versus ferrari borg versus McEnroe, me versus myself question mark well there's a story behind that so that's right before we get to movie talk we're going to begin our time together with another fascinating glimpse into my childhood this time to ponder my utter lack of athleticism. It's true. I was indoorsy, as uh, comedian Jim Gaffigan would call it. So this basically means that I preferred games, movies, television, and heating and air conditioning to the alternative, which of course is the outside world, braving the often harsh, harsh environment where the only entertainment available is yard work or maybe counting how many bug bites you have. And yes, sports and other various forms of physical activity. Now, maybe I sound like I'm not giving the outdoors a fair chance. May I remind you, however, that I didn't grow up in the place I currently live. Right now, I'm in Washington State, the Pacific Northwest. It's an adventure seeker's paradise. Plenty of activities. Beautiful weather about 10 months out of the year. I love it here. And nowadays, of course, I am into running and hiking and sports and all things athletic, but it was not always so. I attribute a lot of this to the fact that I grew up in Chicago, Illinois. Now, Chicago is a great place. Maybe you've been there on a visit. Maybe you live there. I don't know. If you've never been, it's a great city, famous city. What are you waiting for? Go check it out. But I grew up there, and, you know, you get a decent spring and, and fall in the Chicago area, but brutal summers and not very fun winters. So having an active lifestyle there is possible, but it does take a lot more creativity and effort. It takes joining sports, maybe a health club, things like that, none of which I was willing to put forth the effort to do, I admit. This is mostly a me problem, folks. So I didn't learn how to ride a bike, for example, until 12 years old. Again, that's just me being lazy and uh, weird. The bike fact is one that my wife loves to uh, make fun of me about, joke about, and she swears she laughs with me. Um, I'm not so sure. The only reason, though, that I finally learned how to ride a bike was because my neighborhood friends would always ride their bikes to Walmart or the local Burger King, and I would either have to walk and try to keep up or just not go. So eventually I said, okay, I'll learn, and the rest is history. Uh, similarly, I didn't learn how to swim until partway through high school in my PE class, because why would I need that? Ah, fond memories still flood my mind of my PE coach, who clearly hadn't kept up with his own fitness, sitting there reading a magazine, 
and only looking up when I'm flailing and trying my hardest not to drown. Jovanovic, move those arms. All that to say, I don't have an athletic background. And it was sort of a combination of lack of interest and then lots of negative experiences for me personally in PE class over the years. You know, other students telling me I sucked at whatever sport or activity we were doing and me believing and accepting that rather than being driven to change that stigma is very sad. I know there's a lot of kids out there that kind of go through a similar experience and I would encourage you to don't let others decide whether you have athletic ability or not. Just go out there and try it. That's a big theme of a couple of the movies I'm going to highlight and talk about on this episode is just being driven, finding the spirit to improve yourself and always be better. Now, there's a clear line between that and striving for perfection. Nobody can be perfect. But striving for improvement, and at times that means facing insurmountable odds, but just take it step by step. Now, I was fortunate enough to learn and experience the truth later in life that I do, in fact, have athletic ability if I apply myself. I'm just sad that I didn't experience it until early adulthood. For years, I was fighting the reality that sports can be fun, they can be a great stress reliever, an easy way to get some exercise in, and so on and so forth. So it's with gratitude that I reflect on two experiences in particular uh, that really helped me to begin to look at sports differently. The first is my mom teaching me the basics of tennis when I was in my late teens. Uh, not my first exposure to the game by any means. In fact, uh, from the time I was toddling around, I, was, uh, I remember watching from sidelines of tennis courts across the Chicagoland area while my parents played uh, tennis with each other or doubles with their friends. Occasionally, I would pick up a spare ball and start playing with it uh, until they needed it for the next game, you know. It's because of this, though, that I, I never showed an aversion to tennis like I did with basically every other sport growing up. I was just not a sports person uh, in my youth. Like I said, that's changed a little bit. But as I got a little older, uh, my mom asked me if I wanted to grab a racket and start hitting around uh, for tennis. And pretty soon I fell in love with it. I got my own racket, started playing more often. I even became so confident uh, that I entered, when I was in college with some friends, we entered a local competition in Springfield, Missouri, and uh, it was me and some friends and about 30 other aspiring tennis pros from around the Springfield. I was excited. I was ready. So here we go. Start of the first game. Love, love. My first opponent served in this tournament, and my life flashed before my eyes, basically. Or maybe it was a, a neon yellow fuzzy blur to this day. I'm still not sure which. Okay, so I didn't end up going pro. But I had a lot of fun along the way, and nowadays I, I can still pick up a racket and at least look like I know what I'm doing. And I owe that to my mom. Thanks, Mom. And I do love tennis. It remains my favorite sport. It's an easy one, I feel like, to just pick up and play casually, as long as you have a halfway decent racket uh, and someone to hit around with, you know. Now, if you want to play professionally, that's a different story. It takes a lot of time and money. But that's like most things that you want to pursue in life, I suppose. So in 2017, a new sports movie was released, which tends to happen in the industry. <laughs> the difference is my interest was piqued for this one. Why? Because the title was Borg vs. McEnroe. Finally, a tennis movie. Disclaimer, I know there have been other tennis films before this one, and there may be more after. But the title was appealing for me because these were big names, names that I recognized. 
Bjorn Borg, one of the best tennis players, period. And, of course, John McEnroe, Johnny Mac, famous for having the skill and the attitude, perhaps too much most of the time. Uh, so I thought, ooh, this looks interesting. A blend of biopic with some fictionalized drama. Shia LaBeouf playing McEnroe, this wild card actor playing a wild card iconic athlete. I was all in. Uh, but for some reason or another, I just didn't get around to seeing it in theaters. And I ended up watching the movie at home just about a year ago. And my verdict? I love this movie. And I will definitely end up watching it several more times, I'm sure. Because it's a great story. It's well acted. You know, all the things that we have come to value in the movie watching experience, right? It ticks the boxes. The most interesting highlight to me, though, was not the scenes in which these guys are competing in the matches although those are fun as well, but I loved the time taken to really shine a light on the themes of being driven, of settling for nothing less than perfection, and of the toll that takes to become uh, that good, to become a champion. And I love origin stories, um, and while this film, Borg vs. McEnroe, it's not really an origin story for either one of these athletes, it did provide plenty of flashback scenes, and I love a good flashback, and these scenes showed us what it was like through some dramatization, of course, but what it was like to train to become a champion. It did not look fun. It was an unforgiving lifestyle. And again, while some of that could have been fabricated, dramatized, a lot of it, that's just the reality. Now, professional athletes will tell you that if they're honest. Um, interestingly, at times, it appeared to me that McEnroe had it a little easier in, uh, in the movie and had a little more loving support uh, growing up than, than Borg did. That's how it was portrayed. I say interesting because in the movie and in real life, you would think kind of the opposite, judging by each of these guys' uh, outward character. You know, McEnroe is angry and Borg is a little more soft-spoken. So how fascinating to see some of Bjorn Borg's memories of his coach just relentlessly pushing him to unhealthy levels of training, really. And Borg, you see him lashing out. These kinds of scenes were so well done, and they helped to really flesh out these two figures so that by the end of the story and the climactic match, we understand that we're not looking at a traditional rivalry. Um, these guys were not bitter enemies, and they're not so different. They're practically the same person when it comes down to it, and their enemy truly was themselves. It was kind of something greater than just a traditional matchup. Their enemy was themselves their self-doubt, their nerves, yeah, you feel that in the close-up shots of their faces when they're awaiting the final match, the fear of not being good enough, not living up to everything they've done to get to this point. Borg and McEnroe didn't view each other as the arch-nemesis that they've waited so long to face, as we often see in movies. No, they saw each other as simply one more obstacle in the way to ultimate glory. I love that realistic approach to this rivalry, and I love how the film ended, too. Yes, McEnroe put in a really good fight, and he made Borg sweat, made him work for it. But in the end, Bjorn Borg did prove himself the better player in the match, and he wins. And they shake hands and respect each other as equals. Um, and uh, McEnroe goes on to get better and better and get some wins himself. And that's not fabricated. Uh, you know, if you look at different sources, you'll see that these guys did have an interesting uh, friends-slash-rivals relationship in real life. And McEnroe is the one that went on to keep competing for that glory. And Borg sort of settled down and just did life. That's great. And this is a great movie. 
So I give this one a three out of four reels. That's my final verdict. Even though I loved it, and chances are if you're a fan of tennis, you'll love this movie too, I don't feel that it has the entertainment value necessarily for the widespread audience. And that's not a huge criticism coming from me. I recognize that not every movie has to be a big superhero thing or have Dwayne Johnson in it or sell a bunch of tickets. And In fact, I like when movies don't necessarily fit into one of those really popular categories. But this movie definitely is in its own category. Um, and I also would have liked to see a little more on-screen tennis playing, even though the drama of it all was amazing. So three out of four reels, still a solid rating from me. And it's still just one person's opinion, remember that. See it for yourself, make your own judgments. Now, earlier I mentioned that there have been two life experiences that helped to reshape my view towards sports. Uh, I delved into tennis, and now I want to briefly mention soccer. My wife and I taught at Faith Academy in Manila, Philippines, for two years, uh, back in 2012. And during our first year of the term, I was able to join my wife's family in a lot of the everyday life stuff that they did, uh, working at that school and just doing life and really sharing amazing experiences with them. It was a lot of fun. One of those experiences was known as Sunday soccer. So several families from the school community, uh, every Sunday afternoon, they would gather on the school soccer field and just play. And of course, I was hesitant at first because of the inner struggle previously mentioned, uh, but I was always encouraged to join um, and promised that it was a laid-back version. So after the first few weeks, I said, all right, I'll give it a try. It's a pickup game after all, right? This is not uh, a competition. Uh, it's not a tournament. It's not for money or anything. So for the most part, I can tell you that they were telling me the truth. Um, it was fun. Me, a non-competitive person, being able to just dip my toes into a sport that I had not really enjoyed before, in a friendly atmosphere, it was just what I needed to, to find enjoyment in it and to find a new respect for the sport and how it was played. Um, it was really like I gained an understanding that it could be fun to play soccer, it could be fun to get into the teamwork of it all, uh, to try to defend, to try to score. And it's not just a bunch of running, uh, which is a common complaint against it frequently. I mean, let's not be fooled, there is a lot of running. But if you're doing it right, um, the running is sort of in bursts, and it's with specific purpose. Uh, so from that point on, all that to say, I grew to love soccer as well as tennis. In fact, I went on to help coach uh, the boys' JV soccer teams at Faith Academy for the uh, two-year term that my wife and I were there. So tons of fun, and I grew to love soccer there too. Therefore, I, I'm sad to report that, uh, back to movies, I don't really, I've yet to come across a movie that reflects my love for the sport of soccer, or, or football, as our friends throughout the rest of the world call it. I mean, please correct me later if I'm wrong, but I can't think of a really quality soccer movie, can you? I mean, yes, there's Bend It Like Beckham, uh, there's The Big Green, what else? Uh, Kicking and Screaming with Will Ferrell. Fun movies, family nostalgic movies, um, but these kinds of films don't quite deliver the same uh, elevated formula as something like Borg vs. McEnroe or Ford vs. Ferrari, where, where in addition to the exciting glimpses of the sport in action, you get to explore and you know unpack the athletes and organizations as character studies, really. I want a film like that 
centered in the world of soccer, please. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> in the meantime, I'm going to quickly shift gears to talk Ford versus Ferrari. Shift gears. See what I did there? Uh, Ford vs. Ferrari was a recent watch for me, as in a couple days ago. <laughs> it was originally released in tw uh, 2019, yeah, 2019, directed by James Mangold and starring Christian Bale and Matt Damon in the two lead roles. And no, these two actors are not portraying the title names. That was a misconception of mine and perhaps uh, many others before actually sitting down and watching this. So here's the basic premise according to Wikipedia, uh, the main page. Uh, says that the plot follows a determined team of American and British engineers and designers led by automotive designer Carroll Shelby and his British driver, Ken Miles, who are dispatched by Henry Ford II and Lee Iacocca with the mission of building the Ford GT40, a new racing car with the potential to finally defeat the perennially dominant Italian racing team Scuderia Ferrari at the 1966-24 uh, hours of Le Mans race in France. Okay. Again, that's the gist of it, and again, thank you, credit to the Ford vs. Ferrari Wikipedia page there. So your next question may be, uh, Chris, why did you watch this, and what does it have to do with tennis or soccer or uh, your own experience with sports that you've talked about? Well, I'll be honest, it really has nothing to do with my own relationship with sports, uh, but this film was critically acclaimed, and oftentimes, you know, that uh, causes it to pop up on my radar, and... I try to watch those big ones that get the awards. Uh, this one was nominated for several awards, and it won the Best Film Editing and Best Sound Editing Award. So a bit of trivia for you. It was the last film to win the Academy Award for Best Sound Editing uh, before the award was combined with Best Sound Mixing as a single award for just Best Sound, which is interesting to me because one of my complaints about Ford vs. Ferrari was that half of the time I found it sort of difficult to hear uh, some of the dialogue. But yes, when the cars were purring, you know, it sounded great. And I'm sure that in the theater it sounded even better. I watched this one at home. So I can't say that I was uh, drawn to watching the movie for any reason, really, other than wanting to check out a movie that's getting buzz, uh, as I often try to do. I'm not a car person. I like watching races, but I don't care much for the specs, uh, the stats, you know, what's under the hood. That's just not me. Uh, but a good film is a good film, and I do think this one was uh, this was one such case. Uh, Christian Bale's character was fun. There were things I liked about this movie. Um, again, Christian Bale's uh, Ken Miles. I love the sequence. One of the times you first meet him on screen, he throws his wrench because he's angry. That that's kind of uh, part of his personality. He ends up breaking his own windshield, and then he races with that very car. And uh, during the race, another driver, you know, tries to heckle him, pointing out at the broken windshield and asking, uh, what's that? And then Bale's character says something like, new design. <laughs> that was a, a bit of fun there. I liked it. Uh, I was not a fan at all of Matt Damon's character. I found him really annoying. And maybe that was part of the point. He was supposed to be the one that was more like kissing up to the Ford company. Um, but I just, yeah, I didn't like him. And I have to say, uh, another honesty moment, in general, I don't like Matt Damon. Um, so this movie was not an exception to that rule for me. It's funny, I recently had Ben Lawhorn on as a guest uh, to talk Gladiator. And uh, Ben does uh, three films in a podcast, and he's also on 24 Minutes of A24, another movie talk podcast. So again, be sure to check those out if you haven't. Ben's a great guy. 
Uh, but he and I were talking about Russell Crowe and how Ben's not really a fan of him, but likes a lot of the movies he's in. Sometimes that's just a reality. And I was just on Ben's podcast talking about uh, Interstellar. And Matt Damon's role came up as we were talking. And I mentioned really just not liking him, although I love the movie. Uh, so, Ben, if you're listening, I think I have found my version of Russell Crowe in Matt Damon. <laughs> um, one more big positive that I'll share about Ford vs. Ferrari is that, uh, like Borg vs. McEnroe, it really excels in portraying an interesting perspective on rivalry and conflict. Because with both films, it's not ultimately about watching two tennis players battle it out or uh, two racers battle it out. You get to see that, but really what it comes down to, if you want to dig deeper into the theme, is that what's at the center of the rivalry, and it's something much bigger. It's it's a need for perfection. Um, in the case of Ford versus Ferrari, it's the business titans battling it out, right? It's their money, and it's their reputation at stake throughout the whole competition, with Shelby and Miles simply kind of being the vehicles, no pun intended, uh, through which we get to experience all of it, at least uh, from the side of Ford, the Ford perspective. So uh, my verdict on Ford versus Ferrari overall, this is another three out of four reels for me. Again, subjectively, uh, there were some things I didn't care for, the engine lingo, the technical stuff, uh, Matt Damon. Uh, but, but it was a well-made movie uh, with an interesting story to watch and some fun and, and gripping uh, race sequences. So if you haven't watched it yet, check it out. And if you have, please let me know your thoughts, because this was a big one. Um, so as for me and uh, my relationship with sports, it continues to evolve. And, hey, I know for a fact that there will be more sports-themed episodes of the podcast in the near future. This was just kind of my first diving in to uh, sports and movies. And um, as I look at many more sports films that are out there, like I said, I'll record some more of these and uh, maybe we'll talk baseball movies or um, football movies. There are plenty of those and it'd be great to have a guest on for one of those as well. But it's time for me to start wrapping this one up. So before I sign off, I'd like to leave you with a peaceful sports-themed haiku that I'm calling the Heisman Haiku. It's bobsled time and there's no crying in baseball. So laces out, Dan. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks for having some sympathy for my unathletic adolescence. It makes me appreciate all the more our shared interest in films. So as always, I want to encourage you all to keep watching, talking about, and loving movies. And if you feel so inclined, go win a race, smack a dinger, score a hat trick, serve up an ace, or sink a putt for birdie, whatever that means. Then come back for more Real Rambling. See you next time. <laughs>